Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring Program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you doing? How is how's uh, how's your spring going? Your <laughs> it's not really spring, is it? Right. As I as I record this on Jane on February second, there's a huge uh, snowstorm in the northeast, and I'm here in Tallahassee, and it's freezing cold, and we're all miserable about it. So I hate to even use the term spring. That's very um, uh, aspirational, I think, at this moment. I want to talk today about 10 resources that you should be tapping for your job search. I find that clients who come to me and want to have a consult with me, a lot of times they're thinking very kind of narrowly about how they can do a job search. For many of them, it's just looking at job boards, which, as I've said before, I'm out on a limb saying it's not a job search. If all you're doing is looking at job boards, then you're just looking at job boards. You're not really engaged in a job search. And so I want to give you some ideas that maybe I, I would almost guarantee that you haven't thought of all of these. So maybe some of them have occurred to you and you've you've tried them. But I want to um, I want to promise you that there will be some some curveballs here. The first uh, resource that I want to talk about is your university alumni association. And most of my clients are college graduates, university graduates. And so you have access to your university's alumni association for the duration. There's probably going to be a fee involved, but it can be a huge resource. And I wanted to kind of kind of walk you through the ways that your alumni association might be able to help you. So they can, and when I say they can connect you, the, the services that they provide, the, the meetings, the events that they provide could connect you with alumni, alums that are in your field, right? So whatever field you're in, there's probably other graduates of the university who are in that field. They could also help you to connect with those alums network, right? So you have a relationship with another alum. They have a network that is um, quite a bit different from the network that you have. Also connecting you with alums in your industry, right? So maybe for you, what you do is more about the industry or, um, or there's a certain industry that you want to be in and they can connect you with alums that are in that industry. So, you know, manufacturing, consumer product goods, healthcare, those kinds of things. Also connecting you with alums network in your industry, right? So again, their network and what industries are those people's uh, are those people in? They can also help you to connect with alums who are hiring managers or HR managers, right? So even if they're not in the industry that you want to work in, just having a network of HR people can really help you to get to the HR managers that can help you that are in your industry. 
So similarly, connecting you with the alums network who are hiring managers or HR managers. So again, those, those alums have a network. Those people, some of those people might be in HR. Also connecting you with alums in your geographic region. So for most alumni associations, they have, depending on the size of the school and the scope of the school, they have lots of different chapters and they're all typically geography based. And so finding people who are in your geographic region, um, so they have contacts supposedly in that geographic region, as well as their network. So you see what I'm doing here. In each case, it's who do the alums work for? What field does the alum work for? You know, what kind of job are they in? But also their network, right? So I'm, I'm actually, as I'm saying this, my hands are going out making a bigger circle because that's what I think of, right? So depending on the size of your school, you may have a very a, a modest number of alums in your chapter, in your geographic region. But then when you add the network of all of those people, now we're talking about a much bigger effect for you, a much bigger influence for you. Also, alums, you can connect with alums who are in a city that you want to move to. So let's just say you're in St. Louis and you want to move to Denver. Maybe there's an alumni chapter in Denver and you can get connected with that. Maybe you could you know, visit that chapter. Most likely everything's happening virtually right now, so it shouldn't be too hard to do that. But also you might be able to get a member directory and, and connect with those alumni in those in that city. And then again, their network, right? So the alums that live in Denver, but also who may be in your local chapter has contacts in Denver or wherever it is you want to move to. So those are just some ways that you can use the Alumni Association. Now, for each one of these, I want to kind of give you a strategy. And for this one, you want to get on your university's website, find out, you know, what do you need to do to join the Alumni Association? And then they should show you, let you know what kind of services and resources are available to you. My biggest recommendation with the Alumni Association and really with most of these, if not all of them that I'm going to talk about, is to get involved. Don't go into it with just what can they do for me, but how can I give value? When you do that, you are coming across as someone who is concerned about other people, who wants to help, who isn't just in it for himself or herself. That's going to serve you much better, especially as you are asking people to you know, advocate on your behalf and reach out to someone in their network on your behalf. You really want to prove that you are in it for the right reasons and that you're, that you're, um, you know, a, a, an upstanding kind of a person, an alum or whatever it is. The next one I want to talk about, number two, is volunteering. And again, I don't, I don't recommend volunteering for the express purpose of looking for a job. I don't recommend that you join the Alumni Association, just look for a job or really any of these. But it is a great way to interact with a wide range of people. And the key to networking with through a volunteer experience is to build the know, like, and trust relationship first. Those of you who've ever been in a sales role know that know, like, and trust is so critical to getting someone to buy from you. Well, you're selling yourself in this role and you want this other person to know, like, and trust you uh, so that you don't come across as self-serving or aggressive or, um, you know, self-involved. So what do you do with this volunteer experience? 
you can connect with the other volunteers. You can find out, you know, what, what kind of work do you do? What industry are you in? Maybe they are connected to the field that you want to be in or the industry. You can also connect with the network of those volunteers, right? So again, make that circle bigger by not only talking to the actual volunteers, but who do they know? You can also connect with other volunteers who are hiring managers and HR managers. So find out are any of those those people in the position to hire other people. And then connecting with their network, right? So if they're in, um, you know, perhaps they aren't in HR, but they have someone in their network who is in HR. Or if they are in HR, maybe they're not in the industry that you want to go in. They're, they're an HR manager in healthcare, and you want to be over in consumer product goods. So who do they know? HR people know each other. And then finally, connecting with the network of other volunteers who live in a city you want to move to, right? So... I can remember clearly volunteering a few years ago with a, a, a pet adoption agency. And I just happened to mention when I was, um, you know, we sit around a lot. <laughs> we sit around with the dogs, with the puppies. And I happened to mention that I really wanted to go to Italy. And one of the women in the volunteer organization was from Italy. And she said, I'd be glad to help you learn Italian before you go to Italy. So just having those conversations, who do you know? Hey, I'm looking to move to San Francisco. Do you know anybody there? That's how this is done. So here's your strategy. First, I want you to be interested, then be interesting. What do I mean by that? Don't just make it about you. Ask them questions about themselves. Where do they work? What kind of work do they do? What do they think about the company they work for? How long have they been there? All of that. You are interested in them. And at the same time, you are gaining important intel that will help you to know whether to kind of pursue that relationship further as a possible networking contact or how you might be able to pursue that networking contact. And I want you to choose your volunteering experience kind of at a crossroad of three things. And that is what you're passionate about. So in my case, it was dogs. I'm, I'm obsessed with dogs. And then my skills and qualifications. I was, in this case, I didn't have to have a lot of, I didn't have to have a certification or any real advanced qualifications, but I had a, I had a dog. So I, that was a plus because they like the dogs to interact with other dogs. I had a, a home that would accommodate a dog. I was able to be available on Saturdays to be at the local PetSmart to show the dog off. So I had the necessary qualifications. So number one, what are you passionate about? Number two, what, where do your skills and qualifications fit in? And then number three, and this is number three in, in, in intentionally, where will you meet the best fit people for your job search? So you don't want to lead with that, but it is important. Am I meeting, am I meeting people in my industry? Am I meeting people with my job function? Am I meeting people who are hiring managers? Am I meeting people who maybe know people that live and work where I want to live and work? So that's number two, volunteering. Number three is civic organization. If you aren't a member of Rotary, Kiwanis, or any other kind of civic organization, now may be the perfect time to join. Or at least you can visit several chapters. In most cases, it's being done virtual. The reason I say this may be a perfect time to join is because it's virtual, I'm seeing 
things are less expensive. They're not incurring the cost, right? So I used to be a member of Rotary and we had to pay quarterly dues. Presumably everybody's still paying those. But what I'm not incurring right now would be the weekly meal, right? So we met every Wednesday, I think it was, at lunch and I had to pay for a meal every time. And if I brought a guest, I had to pay for their meal or, or ask them to pay. So that expense is, is not there now. So it can be a really inexpensive way to do this and because it's virtual, you're not incurring the expense or the time of getting to wherever this meeting is held. These organizations are populated by your area's business leaders. So this is a great opportunity to get out there and meet these people. So strategy for this, I want you to research the chapters in your area. You can Google Kiwanis Chapters, Tallahassee, Florida is, is what I, I actually did this recently. Rotary Chapters, Tallahassee, Florida. There are so many here in a town, and ours is, uh, Tallahassee is like 200,000 people. So you may have many chapters of these organizations. So find out where they are and, and which ones, and they're going to be very different sizes. So you want to do a little bit of uncovering and, and excavating to find out which are the organizations that have sort of a critical mass of members. And then visit a few, whether it's virtual or in person, probably still virtual. Join a chapter if you're feeling up to it, if you really feel a connection and, and think that this is a group that you would like to be a part of, not just because of job prospects, but you'd like the people and think you'd like to spend time with them. And then as always, get involved. It's not enough to just be a member and show up at the meetings once a week, but join committees, get involved, take a leadership role. So that's number three, civic organizations. Number four is your place of worship. So as with the others, I don't want you to join a church to look for a job, but if you are a church member or we're planning to join a church anyway, and I'm using the term church, your place of worship, it could be a synagogue, uh, or a mosque, whatever it is. But this is an excellent job search resource. In my experience, church members tend to really want to go bend over backwards and go out of their way to help other church members with things like their job search. Your potential here with this one is basically the same as it would be with the alumni network. So you can connect with the church members who are in your field, your job function, right? So they're accountants and you're an accountant or your industry, they're in consumer product goods, CPG, and you want to be in CPG. You can connect with their network, so the church members, who do they know? You can connect with church members who are hiring managers or HR managers, and you can connect with their network of your, of your church members who are HR managers or hiring managers, and you could connect with the network of the church members who live in a city that you want to move to. Hey, I want to live in Denver who can you hook me up with? So the strategy for church is to think about the opportunities that you have to chat. And I think churches right now specifically are in varied states of meeting in person versus still meeting online. So is there, you know, if you're going to church physically, can you go 15 minutes early or hang around afterwards? What's the culture at your church that gives you that time for that conversation. If you're meeting virtually, is there a meeting time where people can chat with each other uh, before or after? Is it in a Sunday school class? Is it uh, maybe small groups? My church, the last church that I attended regularly was very big into small groups, and that would have been a great place to network for a job. 
So you want to be interested in others. Remember, be interested, then be interesting. So before you share what you're looking for, get to know these people. Don't come on too aggressively. You, they need to know, like, and trust you first before they uh, start sharing their network with you. So really relate to them on a personal level. So that's number four, church. Number five is job fairs. Job fairs are pretty much exclusively online these days for obvious reasons, but they're still happening. And I wanted to kind of break down the types of job fairs you might find useful. And this is going to vary depending on your level of seniority, your geographic preference, the industry job function, all of that. But these are some ideas. So first, there are geographic-based job fairs. And these are you know, run by the city that you live in. And they're often hosted by the Chamber of Commerce, the local state employment office, some organization like that. But they are geographic-based. So I'm going to use Tallahassee as an example. It would be a job fair for Tallahassee employers and people who want to work in Tallahassee. Another type of job fair is an industry-based job fair. And you typically see these in high demand areas. So you'd see one for healthcare, one for IT, that kind of thing. Another type of job fair is job function-based job fairs. So it could be a job fair for teachers. It could be a job fair for computer programmers, a job fair for nurses. Another one would be a job fair that is held by your university career center. This is something you would need to check into, call the career center, reach out via email to find out what, if you can attend, do they allow alums to come? Is there a charge? When is it? Where is it? All of that. But that's a really great resource. And then also employer job fairs. So typically larger employers, maybe employers who are ramping up quickly. So let's just take an Amazon, for example. If you happen to live in a city that has an Amazon warehouse distribution center or, or any kind of big Amazon function, they may be having a job fair because they are hiring on such a vast scale. And then you could also look into this if you want to move to a new city what are the big employers there? And maybe those employers are having job fairs. So here are your strategies for job fairs. Find the possible job fairs. Register for the ones that make sense for you. There may be a fee involved, so you have to kind of do a cost-benefit analysis on that. Take advantage of any preparation materials that are provided by the job fair host. So these are probably going to be online. There might be a book about how to prepare, something about interviewing. There may be some practice sessions. We did all of those kinds of things for our students when I was running the career center at the universities that I worked at. And many organizations are still offering those kind of services. Then you want to make sure that your technology is going to support the virtual fair. You probably need an external camera. I don't know of any computers off the top of my head that are, are, are giving you really superior camera quality without an external camera. And you may want a, an external mic. You want to check your lighting and your background. You may want to put a lamp behind your uh, the camera. You may want, or I mean, behind your computer. You may want to have those little ring cameras. That's what I I or ring um, ring lights. I actually post those on my computer when I'm doing videos and such. And then you want to follow up with every employer you're interested in. Be really persistent. You have got to be persistent in this job market. So 
don't take no for an answer. Don't, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve. Please don't make it mean anything about you when you don't hear from them. Just keep being persistent. Assume that things have fallen through the cracks. Everybody's busy. Everybody's doing the best they can, but they're not out to get you. They don't dislike you. So that's number five, job fairs. Number six is job networking groups. Job networking groups are created for the express purpose of allowing you and other job seekers to kind of help each other, learn from each other, and they can be assembled in a number of different ways. So they could be geographic-based, so it could be a Tallahassee-based job networking group for people who want to work in Tallahassee. They could also be industry-based. So when I'm talking about industry, I'm talking about healthcare, IT, manufacturing, Um, education, those kinds of things. They could also be job function based. So it could be a group of networking people who are in, you know, IT and they want to network no matter where they live. They could also be education or credential based. So there could be a networking group, you know, if you're a PMP, which is a project management professional, there's probably at least one networking group out there for PMPs. Could be, you know, job networking group for displaced PhDs, you know, that kind of thing. And then finally, seniority level. So oftentimes these networking groups are um, kind of grouped by the level that you're at so that the entry level people aren't necessarily in there with the executives. So the strategy here, Google job groups or employment groups or job networking groups, try different combinations of that. Put in the city if you want to do it that way, if you want it to be geographic based. Register for a group that makes sense for you. There may be some money involved. Decide whether it's worth it. And then I want you to be active and visible and vocal in your group. You know, let your presence be known, not in a, not in the kind of way where you're monopolizing the time and taking, you know, all of the attention, but you're just engaged. And then I want you to commit to regular one-on-ones with members of the networking group. So stepping outside of the group setting and saying, hey, Bob, I'd love to have a one-on-one with you. Can we schedule a 30-minute Zoom call? And then I want you to finally commit to giving at least as much value as you receive. So how can you be helpful to the other members of the job group? It's not just about what you're going to get from it. And I hope you've heard that as a pretty consistent theme throughout this. So that's number six, job networking groups. Number seven is the Chamber of Commerce. So the members of your local Chamber of Commerce are going to be hiring managers, they're business owners, they're senior executives of companies that are in your geographic area. And that's a really great resource for networking. So what you want to do is check your local chamber. And by the way, if you live in a large city, so even here in Tallahassee, I think we have maybe three chambers. So there's one kind of the major one. There's a minority Chamber of Commerce. And then there's, I think, one more. So you have to kind of find out what makes sense for you. Find out what you can do in terms of attending events as a prospective member or a future member. Or do you know somebody who's a member and you can kind of tag along with them? So you got to kind of figure out how to navigate the system. But but chambers are a fantastic job networking opportunity. So here's your strategy for Chamber of Commerce. You want to attend any and all functions that make sense for you. And, you know, I would say take the approach of when in doubt, go, give it a try, especially if it's virtual because you're not incurring any expense for travel or gas or time or anything like that. 
Take advantage of every opportunity that is given you. If they have a floor where you can introduce yourself to the entire group, do it. If you can distribute resumes, do it. If you get a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one to people, if you figure out that this particular event, if I show up 15 minutes early, I really get some face time with folks, then do it. Then I, again, want you to schedule one-on-ones with members who kind of have some promise. You think there's potential there. And then follow up and be persistent as you are pursuing leads with these other members. So that's number seven, Chamber of Commerce. Number eight is affinity groups. So if you're an avid runner, join a running group and let the other members know that you're looking for a job. While many of these types of organizations aren't meeting in person these days, others are running groups, bicycling groups, a lot of outdoor kinds of things, they're still meeting. And even if it's virtual, you have a chance to interact with the other members. So if you're, you know, you love wine and you join a virtual wine tasting group, then let them know. So here are your strategies. I love Meetup to find affinity groups. If you're not familiar with Meetup, and that's M-E-E-T-U-P, it's a national, I don't know if it's in Canada, but it's certainly in North America. And any city of any size is going to have a meetup um, kind of infrastructure where people like you and I can go in there and say, hey, I'm going to have a network, I'm going to have a networking meeting, or I'm going to bring together bicycle enthusiasts or foodies or, you know, people who practice a certain religion or a certain kind of yoga. So find your affinity groups and, and meet up the ones that make sense for you. Register for the ones that make sense and then get active in them and give them a try. Schedule a one-on-one -on -one with the members that you think might be able to help you further and follow up. So it's basically the same thing as the Chamber of Commerce. Get in there, figure out which ones are available to you. Give them a try. If they don't work out, if you, you're not feeling it, you move on to the next one. So that's number eight, affinity groups. Number nine is your local employment office. So here in Florida, they're called Career Resource, and there's like regions. So we are in the Career Source Capital Region group. But these are government-run groups. They're free to the public. Used to be called the Employment Office or the Unemployment Office. We've given them a little bit better names now. And if you are at the executive ranks, many of these uh, these employment offices will have a separate office that deals specifically with executives where they're providing a higher level of service and a higher level of networking and resume help and all of those things. So your strategy here, find your local employment office, find out what they have to offer, just Google them. Register for the programs and services that make sense for you. Some of them will be better than others, but you won't know until you get in there and try. So that's number nine, your local employment office. And then finally, number 10, outplacement, off, outplacement services offered by your former employer. So you want to find out if your former employer, especially if this has happened recently, are they offering you some, some outplacement services? So let me start by explaining what outplacement services are. And I actually do some subcontract work with an outplacement firm. So I'm very familiar with this. So what this is, is this is a company who goes to an employer, ABC company, and says, hey, I, you know, are you going to be laying off a whole bunch of people? And they're like, yeah, we got we to gotta lay off a whole bunch of people. And so they contract, the ABC company contracts with the outplacement firm to provide 
outplacement services for the employees at no charge to the employees. The, the cost is incurred by the former employer. And with the company that I work for, those services include a resume rewrite. In some cases, depending on the package that the client gets, it could be a LinkedIn profile, and then some number of hours of coaching. And then our company that I work for also has a suite of online resources. So there's videos and webinars and tools and resources that are online available 24-7. So you you may not get the level of individual hand-holding, you, you won't, that you would get working with a career coach like me. So your strategy here is to, you know, ask if you're not sure whether your former employer has offered these services to you, or maybe you heard something about it and you think that they did and you kind of ignored it because you were in shock when this all happened, circle back around and find out if you can still get your hands on those services and then take full advantage of whatever the outplacement company is offering you. Again, it won't all be great. You won't love it all, but it's better than nothing and it's free to you as opposed to what you would pay to work with someone like me. All right, so those are my 10 strategies. I want to list those one more time for you. And hopefully some of these are a a little bit of a curveball for you. You hadn't thought about them. So number one is check with your alumni university, uh, your university alumni association. Number two, volunteering in an area that you're really passionate about. Number three, civic organizations like Rotary, Kiwanis, and the like. Number four is your place of worship, your synagogue, your mosque. Number five, your job fairs. Number six, job networking groups. Number seven, your chamber of commerce. Number eight, affinity groups. Number nine, your local employment office. And then number 10, outplacement services provided by your former employer. I hope this has given you some food for thought, maybe even an idea that wasn't listed, wasn't one of mine, but it kind of sparked an idea in you. If you have any questions about any of these, or if you want to throw out some other ideas of, of resources that you found helpful, please make a note in the um, in the comments, and uh, I'll bring that up in a future episode. So I hope these have been helpful for you, and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.